0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balanced. I'm Jeff Berkus. I write words at a website called Windy City Gridiron. Sometimes I make pretty graphs and pictures. I'm joined by my boss over at Windy City Gridiron. Oh, nice. His name is Lester A. Fong <laughs> Jr. Uh Lester, how are you feeling today after the third straight Bears loss?
2: Um it's okay because like like we've been talking about on the show and in other shows is you know this season has one goal and that's to uh to see what Justin Fields is going to be for the 2022 season and I think th- that was a nice showing yesterday from uh from Fields.
1: Yeah, a lot of positives from what we saw both him running the football and throwing some really nice passes. The numbers overall are pretty good. They're not huge volume numbers. You don't see like a 275 yard passing, but you see 275 yards worth of offense. And so, uh some really good stuff for us to get into today. And obviously, some negatives because it was a loss. Let's yeah. not lose sight of the fact that the Bears dropped their third straight. They're now three and five. I mean, we have talked about this team not really having the talent to go the distance, but at home against a, a down 49ers team. This did seem like a must-win game if the Bears have any real hopes of getting some kind of playoff team assembled here.
2: I really thought the Bears were going to win this game. I know the Bears were were, uh, were four-point underdogs, but just looking at the way the things lined up, I thought they had a really good chance to win. Uh, I don't think anyone expected the defense to really let them down like they did. It was just a poor overall all day of the defense and. You know, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that the Bears defense, the, the the guys on defense quit. There was no effort. These guys are professional athletes. I, I just don't buy that. I mean, yes, sometimes that does happen. A guy just gets so frustrated where you can just see the body language, but you know, I didn't see a team quitting. I saw a team getting out schemed. I saw a team getting out coached, and I saw a team in the 49ers just making big plays.
1: Yeah, they got a good coaching staff, and I would say uh Akim Hicks making plays uh 25, 20 yards, 30 oh, yards downfield. That's not a guy that's quitting. That's not a guy that's giving up. And yeah, these guys are professionals, they have pride on the line that you know they're not looking to to give up. And it, it, that's that's ridiculous. That's it's pretty amateur stuff to to make that conclusion. But um, well, speaking of Hicks linemen, let's start off with our first category. So trench tribute. So you're going first this week. Okay. So where are you heading with your trench tribute?
2: I'm going to go with the rookie right tackle. I thought he had a pretty solid game when I watched it live. Um, I had a chance to rewatch it. I didn't have a chance to get as quite as detailed as I wanted, but I did give a quick grade at, at, on Larry Borms' play at right tackle, and and he came in with a negative 10. I know you think, oh, negative 10, that's, that's not the best, but I, I actually had him graded on 70 plays, so that's plus 60. So that's a solid B if you go 85.7%. And, you know, he, he is – he did much better than I thought he would. The Bears gave him a lot of help. Something I wasn't expecting because, you know, that's coaching staff, you know, it, it seems like that's not that's not something they want to do. But but he had some nice help from the backs, uh, tight end. Um, uh, there was one time when Alex Bars tried to help him and that didn't go so well. But but overall, the Bears made an effort to help out Larry Borum. And uh, honestly, I'm not sure how much he would have needed because the times he was left one on one with with Bosa he looked pretty good. I mean, much better than I thought. He's he, he's a really wide body. And one thing he does with Borm is he, he has pretty quick feet for a guy his size. Um, He has pretty strong hands, but he's able to keep himself square to the defender and keep his his butt between the, the, the defender and the quarterback, which is what you want to do. So Borm is my uh, trend tribute this week.
1: Yeah, I, mine too. So let me just ask you this question. So Obviously a good outcome of Larry Boreham would be that he uh, settles in as a swing tackle for next year. But do you see the potential of a young guy like this getting into the off season, a year of off season nutrition, getting him into the program? Do you see him being able to compete and possibly win one of those tackle jobs uh, going into next
2: year? I think the best case scenario for the bears is if, if, Borum is one and, and and Jenkins is the other the other rookie. So I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Borum yet. I mean, I, I like what I saw in the preseason. I liked some of his tape in college. You know, he's a different player. He's what What he dropped, you know, 40, 50 pounds. So, you know, he's still kind of growing into his body. And, and like you said, a lot of times you see these these athletes make a jump from year one to year two, because this is their first year where this is their full-time job. So it's, it's nutrition. It's, it's the workouts. It's everything going into your craft now. So I'm excited to see what he'll do moving forward. Like I said, against Bosa is one of the best pass rushers in the game today. I mean, the the Niners made it, made a point to put him on, on the side to go against Borum and, and Borum, played pretty good. I mean, he's physical at the point of attack. You know, he moved it to the uh, uh, second level pretty good. You know, there are some plays where he just kind of looked a little lost with stuff he was doing. But, you know, it's this is his first game back uh, since week one. I mean, he was on uh, IR. He was just activated on Wednesday, last Wednesday. So he really only had three days of practice to get ready. So uh, I think moving forward, Borum uh, may be a guy that could show enough. I'm not sure if the Bears will stick with him. If it was me, I would. I just don't see the point of putting a guy like uh, uh, Jermaine Effetti back at that spot once he's back. Because, I mean, like I said, at this point, this season is all about next year. So, if if you have Borum in there, uh, let's see what he can do.
1: Yeah, see what he got. And he wears my old playing number. So um, uh, okay. I always give him an extra. Anyone that plays with 75 gets an extra 10, 15% in my book. So nice. I'm very excited to see if he, if he can make a difference. And it would be interesting to see if they decide to go into the offseason and say, well, you know, actually, we do like him at left tackle and we like Jenkins at right tackle. And we, and we think, that, you know, it, at some point they got to make that decision. They and have at some to point, make that call. You know, uh, so that'll be interesting. to Leave kind of them track.
2: alone. Let them play where they're going to play. That's what I always say with an yeah. offensive lineman, especially a young guy. I mean, it's rare that a guy like Alex Bars can come in and be serviceable at multiple spots. I mean, Alex Bars, you know, he is what he is. He's a, he's a backup in the NFL, but he's shown an ability to play right tackle a little bit, a little bit of guard, and a, a center and a pinch. You know, but those guys are few and far between. I know the Packers have a guy, uh Elgerton Jenkins. Jenkins, Yeah. yeah. He can play anywhere, and he plays yeah, at a high really level. Really good, you know. those Those guys are <laughs> yeah. rare. Most right. guys, you know, get him their one spot, let him stay there, and let him thrive.
1: Well, you got to know all of the different plays from all the different angles. You got to kind of be able to see it. When you're in the interior, it's more about strength and leverage, in my opinion. And when you're on the outside, it's how you negotiate space. Yeah. Um. It you know to have all of those skill sets is pretty rare. And center is like a whole different thing. Like center yeah. is a whole different thing from guard so um yeah to be able to play each of those at a, like a, a professional level a serviceable level is really rare especially if you're not maybe great enough to play as a full time starter at any position it's such a it's a weird spot to be in you know that, that's a that's a tough it's like a guy that makes his living off a of pinch hitting you know where, yeah. where you know he's, he pinch hits you know five times a week and gets you know you know a, a hit or two every week it's like that, that's a tough spot to be a different in Different like, mindset, yeah yeah So, all right, well, let's move on to uh, the uh, Tweet of the Week. Sweet Tweets, uh, what did you pick out of the the hellscape that is Bears Twitter after a loss?
2: You know, actually, I went with what I saw today. And the reason I picked this tweet is it kind of sums up my fields or or, or my my thoughts on fields in the game we saw. It's from Danny Parkins, uh, at Danny Parkins. He's a a host of the uh, Score, uh, 670 AM in Chicago. And he said, yesterday was the best day for the Bears franchise since they drafted Justin Fields. Talk of no naggy or bad defense misses the points, in my opinion. The QB was the best player on your offense. He showed elite playmaking ability with his arm and feet. Nothing else really matters, and that's true. I mean, this this season, I mean, yes, it would be great. It would be great if the Bears would win it all this season. I, I want that to happen. I know it's not going to happen. It's just not in the cards this year. And, you know, once they made the the soft reset by getting a new quarterback, a, a rookie QB is going to struggle. It's just how, how it happens. So he's getting his playing time now. He's the starter. Next year is what matters. So when I, when, I, when I saw that tweet and then a little bit of a, a, a tiff between him and, a, and a Dan Weeder online, I was like, it was kind of funny to see him go back and forth. But but uh, but in this one, I agree with Danny Parkins. You know, it's it's all about next year.
1: 100. I mean, percent We've been saying it all year. We've been saying it in the in the preseason that this year is about Justin Fields. You want to see what you got. And obviously it would be great if you could see what you got with, you know, giving him enough time in the pocket and, you know, have his receivers pick him up and actually catch catchable balls and, you know, things like that. But this year is all about Justin Fields and his development. Nothing else really matters. You know, I I say that and then I say, and we kind of want to see if Sean Desai is a good defensive coordinator. You know, there are other things to watch, of course, but the most important thing, which morphs everything else, you know, dwarfs everything else is, is Justin Fields a good player. Is he a guy that you can build around? Does he look like is this elite prospect that you traded up for that is the best prospect in 70 years to, that the Bears have acquired? Is he going to be a guy that, yes, that he, that prospect translates to a real player? This is a guy that we can build around. So yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that tweet. Um, My tweet of the week is from Brad Spielberger, our friend at PFF underscore Brad, and he says Chicago Bears lowest pressure rate for a game since Khalil Mack's arrival in 2018. The second worst was last week against the Bucks, <laughs> uh 15.4% uh passer uh pressure rate uh, and Mac was not 100% in that game. And then the fifth worst was yesterday against the 49ers, a so 21% uh pressure rate. So this is the first back-to-back games with fewer than 10 quarterback pressures since 2010 so two of the worst games in the uh Khalil Mack era are games that don't have a healthy Khalil Mack or um, a Khalil Mack at all um and and I you know this is kind of I put this up here because this is for all of those people that say well Mack really isn't that good you know he because he's just not racking up the sacks since he got here so he's, he's totally overpaid and really disappointing and it's don't scout the stat sheet for just sacks this guy is he is the guy that all offensive coordinators look at and design their game plan around to avoid because he can wreck games
2: he impacts the game when he's when he gets no stats because, like, like you said, that is the guy that opposing offenses scheme for. That's who they worry about. When he's on the field, they know it. You know, he's the guy you have to worry about. And then with, with the game yesterday, you know, it was just a rough overall performance from, from the uh, from the defense. I mean, uh, Quinn was coming back off COVID list. I mean, who knows? Maybe he did have COVID. Maybe he was sick for a while and coming back. Maybe, maybe he was sapped a little bit of that. Uh, but then again, he also was going up against uh, Trent Williams, who was one of the best left tackles in the game today. So, You know that 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 Niners team has some talent on it, and I was a little surprised that Sean Desai, who we have seen all season so far, scheme up some pressure looks. It wasn't happening. He wasn't blitzing much. You know, I'm I'm sure he was concerned about his back end, but the way I look at it, if your back end's getting gashed, you may as well go down swinging. Let let's do something. Let's get some pressure going here, and it just didn't happen.
1: Yeah, they did not have a very good game plan. And I, I have that a little later to talk about as well. Nice. But let's let's just skip right into the, the statistic that you came up with this week. So my number is pretty high. So I think that I'm going to be able to one-up you on a number
2: here. All but right. what did you come up with? Well, my number is pretty low, actually. It's it's 0. 0.6. Okay. And and that is uh, Khalil Herbert's yards per carry in the second half. Ooh. Uh, he had 10 runs, 6 yards. And overall, he had a pretty good game—23 carries, 72 yards. Uh, but but that second half, the, the Niners—they made an effort. You know, they realized that that they can't let Kyler Herbert beat them, and they made a point to stop him. They, they were really playing stout up front. You know, they were doing a lot of a lot of late movement up front as well with with the with with their D line, and uh, they were kind of trying to to kind of trick the Bears a little bit, and it worked. And then, of course, with Herbert, he got hurt a little bit. He came back, but but he wasn't the same player, and it just. Uh, just, just overall rough. I mean, Bill Lazor didn't really adjust much in the second half either. So, it's, it's, that's partly on Herbert. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the of the shotgun pitch. That's just uh, not a play I like much at all. Uh, some of the some of the play calls I wasn't really happy with. But, but point six is the number this week. Brutal. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I really feel like this 49ers coaching staff absolutely outcoached the Bears coaching staff in this one. And you can see that with the second half adjustments because the Bears played competitive in the first half. This is a really smart and good coaching staff. Yes, they haven't won a ton of games this year. There's some questions about how good of a head coach Kyle Shanahan is, but he's clearly a very good coach offensive mind, offensive coordinator. He made halftime adjustments that really gashed the Bears in the second half. But I think the flip side of it is true as well. The The 49ers defense did an excellent job of making yeah. halftime adjustments, shutting down what was working for the Bears, and the Bears just didn't make any adjustments, or at least it didn't seem like they didn't make any adjustments that worked. We'll put it that way. That seems to be a kind of a theme with Matt Nagy
2: teams here lately. But I see that. I think the thing with it is with no Matt Nagy, like the last few weeks, every play that didn't work, Bears oh. Twitter was all over it. That right. was a Matt Nagy play. <laughs> so these plays that didn't work against this week. I mean, was, was it Bill Lazor calling the plays this week that didn't work, or was was Matt Nagy on the cell phone? I mean, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird to see. I, I was I was curious to see what happened what happened on Bears Twitter. You know who would get the blame when plays it's didn't silent. work? It was silent. It was just yeah. like you know. I guess it's Bill Lazer Just to, that's who he is too. So I don't
1: let's know. let's let's establish this. I don't know how much we've talked about Bill Lazer, but Bill Lazor knows how to call a game. Like he's a, he's a guy that he has, has a feel. Yeah, he has called games and he kind of knows what to do and he can get he can get hot. You know, but this is not, not a guy that's like a premier play caller in the league that's sought after. That is. People are talking about as a head coach because he got to get Bill Laser in the building yeah. to call plays. This is a guy that's like a replacement level play caller. A play he was out level.
2: of the NFL the right year before Minaya yeah, brought him. In. I think he did some consulting work at a college the, the year he he had his gap year, but not the, <laughs> the NFL. <gap> <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: good good work if you can get it. I yeah. So you know when people talk about Laser with like he's this. You know wonderkind or something like that. It's not who he is. Like he's just he's a guy. He's fine, right? He, you know, he's he's probably shown more success at doing that particular job than Matt Nagy has, uh, in, in the long run. But this isn't some guy that's like great and people are just banging down the bear's door for head coaching interviews or anything he's like that. The, like,
2: he, he's, he's not the next young, young guy out there, the not the, the, the real hot uh 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 Sean McFay style guy that, Right. you know he wasn't touched by the god. So yeah, he's not that guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's had lunch with Sean McVay, so, so he's not he's not in the head coaching circles. But all right, so my number is 775, and I'm pretty like excited about this number because I okay. went back and counted. That is the number of games since a Chicago Bears quarterback ran for 100 yards in a game. Oh, okay. Okay, so Justin Fields breaks the streak of 775 games um, longer than I've been alive. And uh, Bobby Douglas was the last guy to do it. 100 yards in, in 1973 win over the Packers, where he had four rushing touchdowns. Good for Bobby Douglas. Nice. Uh, 19 carries. He did it twice before that, both in 1972. Uh, he had 11 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown in a 17 to nothing win against the Browns, and 14 carries for 127 yards in a loss to the Raiders. So Bobby Douglas was a guy that ran the ball better than he threw it uh he, he could throw it you know 80 90 yards or whatever he claims that he could throw it um but he was definitely more of an athlete and a and a running quarterback but I, it was on twitter i guess i didn't verify whether or not there was a hundred yard quarterback in between there um but I, I saw the i saw the stat and i just went up and counted the game so i do apologize if somehow like jim harbaugh had a hundred yards or something and no, then i, I, I didn't so. know that but um, that that's a very long gap, 1973. That is that is much older than me. So uh, something that I have never seen in my life is a Bears quarterback running for 100 yards, and we saw it on Sunday.
2: It's pretty special. I mean, that's some we, we, we me, you, and, and uh, Robert talked about it in, in the pre-show. Is like you know that's not getting talked up enough. But you know, like I was telling you guys that I think it's just because the Bears lost. I mean, if the Bears w- would have won this game you know, the Justin Fields performance would have been looked at much differently. I mean, as it was, he was named the pro football focuses rookie of the week this week, which is nice for him. But, but I think overall just, you know, then of course you have the guys just look at the box score and they're like, well, maybe it wasn't as good of a game, but I thought he played pretty good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, we'll take a quick break on the other side of this. We'll get into everybody's favorite segment, the three bears.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: All right, Lester, we're back. So, three bears. We're going to start off with a hot bowl of porridge. Who did you have that you wanted to identify here as the guy that had a particularly good game?
2: You know, we just talked about him. It's Justin Fields. And and I think, for me, the thing that kind of stands out the most is he was 70% of his passes um, and then and of course he had the a hundred yards rushing and I actually had it in my notes as well. The first, uh, the, the first, the most rushing yards since Bobby Douglas in, in 72. So I kind of went back and looked at the numbers on that as well. Cause it was, to me, it was really impressive that he got, that he got that. So, but to, it has to be Justin Fields. I mean, he had some moments in that game. Where he was going left, and he was throwing back across his body, and he was just on the money. I mean, the touchdown to James was was sweet. Oh, he had a, you know, there was another one. I think he had to uh, to to, to a Rob. I think at one point. I mean, there was just a few plays where you saw, and you're like, that's the guy, you know. And then of course that run was ridiculous. So you're like, you know, the the flashes are there. You know, let's just keep building on this, and let's see, you know, let's let's have him progress, and you know, keep him upright, and you know, get the pass pro set, and I think. uh you know, it's it should be an exciting times here for the Bears the next few weeks. Win or lose, it should be fun to watch him grow.
1: That run, fourth and one,
2: fourth and down. Yeah,
1: they have it absolutely played perfect. They snuff it out right, and then he all of a sudden says, "Well, I'm Barry Sanders, yeah. and I'm just gonna like weave all the way back." I was the that was the most fun play that I have seen on Bears offense. I don't know ever like that was so great. It's gonna be a highlight forever.
2: It kind of uh, reminded me, though. I'm going to be honest of that Mitch Trubisky touchdown run against the Patriots. Uh, I think it was 2018. Okay. Yeah, uh, he reversed fields, you know. But you know, that's that's the past. This is the future. We're talking about our guy now. So it's it's it was fun. It was a really fun run.
1: So uh, I'm going to award the hot bowl of porridge to the concept of play action <laughs> because I do not expect the Bears to run play action. But Matt Nagy has to sit at home. And uh, be in the COVID protocol, and so whoever got control of uh, you know the split of play action said, "Hey, let's see if this works for Justin Fields because this was definitely the most play action that I've seen." I, I don't have an official number. I saw someone say something like thirty-three percent. I don't know. I don't know what the actual number is, but it was it was just noticeably more in real time than what we've seen. Uh, you know, a Matt and offense call, and we need to see more of it and it yeah. worked and it was great and justin fields was really good on play action and yes like late in the game had a, you know play action to ryan Nall when they know you're gonna pass might not work right i get that but generally in in throughout the game when it's up in the air when you don't know if they're, they're gonna run or they're gonna pass play action is really effective you know play action isn't just the fake play action is the line action that sucks the linebackers in a step and he can pop it over the linebackers. And so it, it worked really well. And I, I, I know I've been talking about it like for four years straight, but it's important. And
2: you saw here how it can be effective. You know, there were moments in the first half when it made me think of what they did last year during their stretch against those really bad teams because they were running that the boot slide stuff, a lot of outside zone runs, bootlegs back off the action. And there's just so many things you could do off that. We've seen, you know, that's that's the staple of, of the Cal of, of the Shannon offense. Uh, uh, Sean McVay does that all the time. So it was fun to see. And the thing with Justin Fields is, you know, is going back to him a little bit is, he was really decisive, like on his boots. He would go, he would go through his reads, you know, and then if it wasn't there, boom, he's gone, getting the yards with his feet. And that was just really nice to see that he was making those quick decisions and then he was getting what he could.
1: Yeah, he was playing faster. And and that was really good to see. And that's what again goes back to the, the first part of the show. That's what you want to see this year. This is what he is. Uh in, in let's see if we can get him on to more of the strengths and see if he can um really build. Something out of this year, and this was a good game for that. I, again, I know it's a loss, but he had some really good stuff, um, that he could build off of. So let's flip it around cold bowl, bowl of porridge. What did you have for this?
2: Uh, I had Cody White here, uh, yeah, this week. okay. Yeah. And, and I went, I, I don't know what's going on with Cody White here this whole <sighs> season. He's having a down season, he was flagged three times, uh, one of them was declined, uh, so he, you know, he kind of avoided that here, but but just not the best year from Cody White here. I mean, just I'm not sure if he's just trying to get used to playing with Peters and Mustapher next to him, if there's just a a comfort level, if he's got too much going on here, but you know, we've heard that he's always been a kind of guy that gets in his own head. That's kind of what's been talked about him a little bit. So, so maybe that's happening. Maybe he just had some bad performance early and he's pressing a little bit here. So, I mean, the talent's there. I would love to see him just kind of, you know, really settle in because last year he finished up the year at left guard, really good. So, I'm really surprised at how he's looked, but I, I got to calm out because it just wasn't the best game
1: no he's he's really been down and to the point where you you wonder is he hurt is he is he nursing yeah. an injury that's just not you know noticeable but but clearly impacting his play? I mean that that stuff happens a lot, but he's he's not the same player that he was at the end of last year. He's not the same player that we've seen throughout his career. He's been a very solid guy uh, interior offensive lineman even at center which I never thought he'd look like a natural center. I've talked about that too much. Uh, you know, he was at least a serviceable guy and he, he hasn't been very good this year. And it's tough to isolate guard play yeah. if the center struggles and, you know, or the tackle struggles like, you know, uh, we've talked about this offline and, you know, I, I've felt like I've seen some good stuff out of James Daniels, but it's really hard to call that out where you've got a guard in, in, a struggling tackle position, that's been a r- rotating uh, cast of characters and you've got a, a center who's been struggling. The center and, has
2: been struggling. That's, yeah.
1: And, and so it's, it's tough to isolate a guard play and say, well, he's playing really well. And then those other guys, are, you know, it's tough because the line really does work together. And, and so you can see that in your connectedness, but it's, you know, really Peters and Daniels to me seem like they're playing well, but the other three spots have been pretty tough. Um, And and Whitehair is a guy that you just keep expecting to put it back together, but he just hasn't this year. So totally understand that. Um, What I wanted to point out, I'm just going concepts today, Uh, but the game plan against Debo Samuel. So I watched this game with a a former colleague of mine who is a 49ers fan. And he's like, so the only guy that we have is Debo. Like, why? Uh, Because I said, uh, "Ah." you know, uh, 33, he's real good you know, uh, 22, not so much. And he's like, so why is 22 on 19? Uh, why, why are you putting that guy on? And I was like, well, I didn't, you know, it's not my, yeah. it's not my scheme. And he's like, so everybody that we play always puts either their best corner or they have two guys on them all the time or their best two guys on them. Like, because without George Kittle, Debo Samuel's the yeah. playmaker. And I just thought that they just did not care about Debo Samuel yesterday. And he made him pay one hundred and seventy. Two yards, whatever it was. They didn't uh,
2: shadow him with Johnson, did they?
1: No, I don't think so yeah, at all. I
2: don't think so. Yeah. It,
1: it, I mean, Johnson was on him a couple times, but, I, you know, he was on, Vilder was on him. I mean, it was, and and that obviously the screen pass really skews the stats, but um, they, I don't think they had a good game plan for him. They, they they needed to try to take him away, make them go to Ayuk, who's been struggling this year, make him go to Sanu, um, but they didn't do that. They, they allowed, uh, they allowed Debo to really take over that game, and and that's I think that's what ended up costing on the game.
2: He's such a good athlete; he's so quick and shifty. He's just one of those guys. Like like you said, he's he's their number one. He's their he's their top receiver, and and it's almost like they didn't give him enough of the uh, enough of the attention they should have at that point. And which is weird because if you look at that offense, like you said, there's no George Kittle. You're not really concerned about Garoppolo really beating you. You know who do you have to stop? Yeah, the run game is tough because it's, it's it's a Shanahan offense. But you know, as far as weapons go, it's Debo. What do you got for the just right? I'm going to go tight end position. I'm going to go Jesse James. <laughs> Are we on the same wavelength there? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. It. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, it's you know, I thought he had a nice game. Uh, he played about half the reps. Uh, three catches, 38 yards. He had a nice touchdown. He, he's he's a pretty decent blocker. You know, part of my going just right here is because it kind of shows that they don't really need a guy like Jimmy Graham on the roster, which kind of just points back to the roster construction. Yeah, they found Jesse James late in, in the offseason, you know, but there's guys out there and when you, the money you're paying to Jimmy Graham, you know, it's, you know, we've harped on to the lots. He missed the game. You know, he is what he is. What does he have on a year? One catch, two catches. I'm not even sure at this point. I think it's just one just one catch and it's like a guy like Jesse James can be effective in the offense and he's not even a classic, uh, a move tight end, like, like Graham is supposed to be. Um, But I just think that, I don't know if you, uh, the bears aren't going to trade him. I mean, that's just not happening, but if you can move Jimmy Graham and you move him, I just don't see the point of him being on this roster.
1: No, I never made sense. And then they restructured his contract to try to move some of that money into the void. Year so years. Operate. I mean, it's rough. It, you know this was one of the obvious cuts you know but, but to to focus it back on James I mean this is a guy that you know like you said was a late addition we saw him in camp and he was just he had all of the reps in camp like they were trying to get him involved and so he had all of the reps but he he comes yeah. up with three catches for 38 yards in this one has that touchdown catch which was a really nice catch a beautiful throw great throw but it was also like a really nice catch and this is what a solid tight end can do right he can pitch in a couple catches he can score a touchdown for you he can block like you know so this is exactly what you'd expect out of this role and and he's filling it quite well and I'd like to see more of him um and and just give him those reps because this is you know this this is exactly what you want out of that so um all right so we have the same guy there so let's let's end on Fields report and so we've already talked a lot about Justin Fields here but what stands out to you that you wanted to add here at the end?
2: You know, it's a funny show because, like, like we talked about at the top, the Bears coming—you know, the Bears lost, right? You know, but but I mean, we're both fairly upbeat <laughs> over what's happened here because, you know, Justin Fields flashed. I mean, that's what we want to see. I mean, yes, like I want to see the Bears win every week, but you know, if if they're not going to win, and you know, it looks like you know the Steelers are are better than you know they they they, they may have looked a couple weeks ago. The Steelers have won three straight, so they're kind of getting hot at the right time and. You know, if if max out again, are you going to get pressure on, on Roethlisberger? So, you know, it's, you know, the Bears may lose again. And then, of course, the bye, come out of the bye, it's the Ravens. So, you know, it's, it's tough sledding here for the Bears. So I want to see Justin Fields continue this. I want to see him build off this. You know, there's some nice moments there, and I'm sure that gives him confidence, gives the offense confidence, gives the coaching staff confidence. You know, keep doing what you're doing. And that's, uh, that's, that's what I want to see of Justin Fields.
1: They use a lot of play action. His he ran decisively and his legs ate up a lot of turf. I mean, he's not going to run for hundred yards every week, but Why he can not? take Let's that. He can take that free yardage, right? Yeah, we were talking about time. that yep. before. He can take that free yardage. I don't necessarily want to him to have a bunch of you know Lamar Jackson type carries where yeah. you're designing ten yard ten runs a game for him. But if you're getting him out on the edge and you know, the corners are taking the wide receivers downfield and they're giving you that turf, take the eight yards, take the 12 yards, right? I'm I'm completely fine with that. Um, and, and I think that, that that touchdown run is one that's going to be on his highlight reel probably forever. But I also think that that touchdown throw is one that's going to be there for a while too. That was a really excellent throw. You know, that that guy had pretty good coverage in front of him and he he put it out exactly where he needed to, where only his wide receiver could catch it um it's it was great and and that's what he has in him um he's also got like a rocket attached to <laughs> to his to his torso apparently because a couple times he wound up and just I, I don't know just unleashed a couple of just 112 mile an hour fastballs i don't know what the heck was going on there so you know at some point he'll calibrate that and and, and dial that in but um i i yeah it was really exciting and like you said why are we they lost right like yeah. that wasn't fun you know but but <laughs> When you've had the mentality that what's most important going into the year is Justin Fields and his development, and he showed a really good game um, overall, it's exciting. And, and that's what you want to see. So overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy.
2: It was, a, it was a nice game from Fields. It was a, a, a nice game from Borum. A nice game from Herbert. So some of, the, some of the young players showed up. And, you know, that's, again, this season's about the development of these guys. And, you know, the, the trade deadline is, is Tuesday at 3 Central. Um, I'm not expecting anything to happen. You know, if, if the Bears are smart, they would try and make some sort of moves because, you know, I mean, you have to realize it is, you know, this is the season what it is. And, you know, 3 and 5, you know, some tough losses ahead. And it was nice that the NFL moved that trade deadline back a little bit to kind of hopefully take advantage of some teams that were – that would realize where their future has, is heading. Um, I, I don't think it's moved back far enough. I, I'd see it another couple of weeks because, you know, the Bears at 3-5 and five think they're in it still. And that's why I, I don't expect any moves from them.
1: Yeah, the 4-4 four and four Broncos just traded one of their all-time greatest yeah. players to the Rams uh, because the Broncos kind of figured out that they're not probably going to be competing this year. Um, and they're more in it than the Bears are. So, yeah. you know, it's just interesting to see – where GMs are with what they feel like they need to do or what they have uh, in terms of power or, or rope or whatever. Um, and so that's that's maybe factoring into this a little bit too with Ryan Pace. But um, let's let's close out here uh, and, you know, no need to dwell on a loss, but anything going on that you wanted to plug before we got out of here?
2: Um, I don't know. The same old, same old. I, I, I know uh, we have a... Uh, we're thinking about doing a quick, quick hitting podcast. Something we're going to try and add add to the podcast channel here. We're going to try and do some some jump in with some occasional breaking news stories. So if you guys are, are you know listening to the podcast channel, make sure you, keep, you know keep your eyes peeled for those. And uh, of course, sack watch here. I got four more sacks to break down this week, so that should be fun.
1: Bill Zimmerman has coined that barely a podcast. So we I, I are love it. Yeah, yeah, excited yeah. about the nice. breaking news podcast. Uh, we put these up on YouTube. Please check us out there if you aren't already uh, and give us a like, subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Um, otherwise, uh, looking forward to putting out a couple articles this week as well. And we'll hope for better results next week, but thanks for joining us this week. And as always bear down.
2: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say hard to do. This and other information can be found in the funds prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.
0: First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd home on? Call the mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care Products.